copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Lieutenant Police calling all cars' attention, all Los Angeles Sheriff's cars. Broadcast 160. Investigate body of man found murdered in Bootlegger's Canyon. Identity unknown. That is all. Harmon. Grande Crash gasoline is really important to the motorist who wants quick starting, unlimited power, and greater gasoline mileage. Rio Grande Crash gasoline is refined by the famous patented Sinclair cracking process. The Sinclair cracking process means exactly what it says cracking the gasoline into tiny atoms which begin burning quicker and burn more completely than the heavy, sluggish fractions that dominate ordinary gasoline. This more thorough burning develops more power from each gallon. Your car goes farther on each gallon. You therefore save money. This is why more police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment use Rio Grande cracked gasoline wherever it is sold than any other brand. It has been specified for exclusive use month after month by police in Oakland, Berkeley, Fresno, Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, San Diego, Phoenix, Tucson, Orange County, San Diego County, Maricopa, the largest county in Arizona, and many, many other cities and counties. Your independent Rio Grande dealer offers you exactly the same Rio Grande cracked gasoline that police cars use. It is the only gasoline you can buy that gives police car performance. Try a tankful tomorrow. And now it is our pleasure to present Sheriff Eugene Desplus of Los Angeles County. Sheriff Desplus. Good evening. The job of running down a criminal in the story you're about to hear turned out to be one of the most exhausting tasks the sheriff's office had been faced with yet. From the very beginning, the men investigating it found themselves forced with a seemingly blank wall to which no light penetrated that might help them. Yet, with infinite patience and minuteness, the deputies under the direction of Captain Bright of the homicide detail spent endless hours, days, and finally weeks running down each tiny clue as it developed until at last. After many sleepless weeks of tireless work, they found the one responsible for this atrocious crime. Every man connected with the investigation of the story dramatized tonight deserves a high compliment for his bit in a splendid example of detective work. November 1929, about four miles north of the little town of San Fernando in a small, heavily wooded glen, R.M. Frank and his wife to finish a picnic lunch preparatory to doing some rabbit hunting. Well, uh, I made it, and that's about all. <laughs> you know, I couldn't eat another bite of food if my life depended on it. 
Oh, you couldn't, huh? Nope. Not so much as one infinitesimal crumb to the marriage. Not even if I reached into a bag like this and pulled out something like this? Apple pie. Baked this very morning by none other than yours truly with her own little hand. Oh, Lord. Of course, if you really can't eat a piece, there's no use in cutting it. Well, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I don't want to seem stubborn about this thing. I... I know you went through a lot of trouble making it and all, and, well, maybe I might just sort of eat a little piece, you know, a really little piece. Yes, I, I thought so. Well, what do you mean you thought so? Sounds as though I was in the habit of rescinding statements I made. Oh, here. Stop sounding like a novel and work on this. Was that sounding like a novel? You were? Well, then maybe I'd better turn my talent to eating instead. Hmm. <clears throat> you know, it's the best pie in the, in the whole United States bar none. Thank you. Hmm. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know what I need to complete the picture. Some nice cold water from that little stream over there. And that's just what I'm going to get. Now, hold everything till I get back. Careful, a wild animal doesn't get to. Now, don't worry about wild animals. The biggest <laughs> thing out here is a red ant. Besides, one of my pioneer family. Oh, well, I remember how your pioneer family acted when you came home from my last excursion covered with poison ivy. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'll have you know, ma'am, that I'm a direct descendant of Daniel Boone. Yeah, the Kentucky Boone. That's <laughs> my family tree with a picture of the book. Well, what's the matter? Is one of those red ass sketches? Stay over there, honey. Well, what is it? It's, it's nothing. It's something I don't want you to see anyway. Come on, let's get this stuff back up as fast as we can. I've got to get to the phone. Oh, well, that's me. I wish you'd tell me what it is. I've, I've never seen you look that way before. Well, I've never seen it as you've made me feel this way before. What is it, Bob? A dead body. Oh. It's the man. I'm going to look any closer to find out. All I know is let's get out of here. I've got the phone with authority. Unable to find a phone in the sparsely populated district. Frank drives to the San Fernando police station where he reports his unpleasant discovery. Immediately, the sheriff's substation in Newhall is notified, and Deputy Shop Miller and Armstead proceed to the little glen. Makes preliminary investigation of the body. Not much left for identification purposes, is there, old Finn? Not much. Evidently been here a long time. I'd definitely say it was murder, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, no doubt about it. Someone wants to hit him in the face with something heavy enough to completely disfigure it. Yeah. Well, there's nothing we can do at the moment. Guess we better get back and notify Captain Bright of homicide. He'll want to get out of here as soon as he can. Yeah. Hey, why don't you drive back and phone in, and I'll stick around here just to see that nothing's disturbed. All right. I'll be back as soon as I can. And make it sooner than that, will you? This is no place to spend too much time alone, especially with such pleasant company. Okay. I'll make it as fast as I can. Pleasant dreams. Yeah, pleasant dreams. Deputy Cotton Miller settles down to a lone vigil while his partner rushes back to the San Fernando police station and reports. Learning that Captain Bright has already been notified, he phones the best description possible to the record bureau for identification purposes, then returns to the lonely glen where he finds Captain Bright already on the scene, accompanied by Deputy Penfrey. You find the body on set? No, sir. A fellow and his wife have said they're up here hunting rabbits found it. We got a call from San Fernando station. Yeah, we'll see what we can make of it. Oh, there it is. Hmm, that must be going, is it? Looks like someone hit him to the front and knocked him over backwards. 
must have fallen into this berth the way he is. Mm. Well, the clothes are in pretty good condition. Might just lead from them. Well, you better write down a description of them anyway, Fenbury. Right. Now, you boys, get me some pictures and more angles. You better hurry if you want any light. That's right, Jason. Hey, come on, Eddie. Let's get a shot from the side here first. Can you handle this shot? Well, let me know when you're finished. I'm going to look around. Well, then I'll go with you. All right. And keep your eyes open for some heavy object that could have done the job. Whoever did this might have thrown it in these bushes. Deputy Penn Cray searches every foot of the brush covered with ease. Strains his eyes as the sun, sinking slowly below the foothills, makes it almost impossible to see anything. And finally, as complete darkness sets in, he helps Captain Bryce and the other men move the body to a waiting ambulance. And the little group starts the drive back to Noble's Mortuary in San Fernando, where a more minute search of the corpse is made. And here's a wallet, brown leather, and some sort of Indian design on one side. The words of Los Angeles and engraved on the other. Let's see what's inside. Here's some snapshots, cards, and a lot of junk. Here's what I hope they find. The driver's license. Well, that ought to tell us who he was. And if it's his. Let's see. Charles Alvarez, 1434 Griffith Avenue, San Fernando. Mexican. Hey, that's it. His being a Mexican, I mean. You know, this fellow's built like one. Yeah. Here's a receipt for some kind from the street and barnet. 741 Porter Avenue in San Fernando. $20 payment on some kind of a note. Yeah, I think we'd better get in touch with them and see what they know about this Charles Alvarez. Maybe they can make a positive identification for from these clues. Well, I asked you to come over here tonight because I thought you could help us, Mr. Barnett. Now, first of all, I want you to look over here and tell me if you recognize these clothes. Over here? Oh, yes, yes. Well, uh, let me see. Hmm. Of course, it's hard to tell about just clothes with no one in them. <laughs> yeah. They they look familiar, though. Oh. Did they belong to Charles Alvarez? Charles Alvarez? Charles Alvarez? Why, yes. Yes, I'm almost positive that's who they belong to. But what do you know about Alvarez? Why, not a great deal other than the fact he's given a lot of trouble at times. Yes, a great deal. Well, what kind of trouble, though? Well, he bought a car from us, and we had difficulty getting him to make his payment. As a matter of fact, we had to have a man go out and search for him. Say, I'd, I'd like to ask a question, if I may. Go right ahead. Well, uh, what's all the questioning about? I mean, has uh, Alvarez done something wrong? Or... No, not exactly. He's been murdered. Good Lord. What's left of him is over there under that sheet. Why, that's incredible. I can hardly believe it. Well, where, Mr. Barnett? Why is it so odd that uh, Alvarez should be murdered? Well, no reason in particular, I guess. Only, well, you see, I've never known anyone before that had it happen to them, and it's, it's uh, so so sudden. Things as violent as this do happen rather suddenly. Yes, of course. Only knowing him, and then this is very unreal. Well, tell me what you know about him, anyway. I think he bought a car from him. Did he fill out a regular reference blank, name of friends and all that? Yes, he did. I have it on file. Good. We'll want to look at that later. Now, when was the last time you saw him? Well, I haven't seen him for some time. However, a short while back, two or three weeks, I say, I talked to his stepfather. He told me that Carlos, as he called him, had taken his mother, uh, Mrs. Uh, Garcia, and her two girls away, also $60 in cash, and that he hadn't seen them since. That would have been sometime in October, wouldn't it? Yes, early in the month, yes. Yeah. That's fiction there, Bill. I've been thinking of, Fenway. 
Well, I think you'd better look these references over and then take a ride out to Elvira's place. And I doubt very much if we find any of his family there. A quick survey of the automobile dealer's reference blank supplies Dragon Pen Praise with a list of several names to investigate later. But first, they drive out to the address found on Alvarez's body. There, they find a vacant house. But upon inquiry, they locate the man who owns the property. Interrogate him. You say you own the house at 1434 Griffith? I see. The property also. How long has it been since it was occupied? Oh, sometime last month, senor. They, they leave, but no pay. Mm-hmm. Well, who lived there then, Mr. Rodriguez? Oh, Carlos Alvarez, senor, senora. Garcia, small one, Jesse Carmelita. Did they all leave at the same time? Mr. Rodriguez, senor. You know anybody who might have wanted to kill them? No, senor. You wouldn't want to, would you, Rodriguez? No, no, senor. No. Well, I didn't think so. Now, look, we may want to ask you some more questions a little later. And will you promise to stay here until we tell you? Senor, promise. All right. And remember, if you're not here when we want you, we'll find you and keep you locked up. Oh, no, I, I will stay here. All the time, I will be right here, senor. No, I don't think it's. I'll take that chance. Where's you now, Captain? Well, back to town, then, Bryce. Looks like we're going to have a lot of talking to do before this thing's cleared up. I've got an idea what the answer is. I want to give it a little thought first. Returning to his office, Captain Bright starts over the evidence found on the scene of the crime. Finds himself in possession of one wallet, one piece of burlap, blood stained, a glass jug and tin funnel, and a razor case. Then he calls deputies Melendez and Sepulveda in, assigned to the task of following the investigation. Acting upon these instructions, the two deputies proceed at once to the San Fernando death place to make a more detailed search of the territory. And later that afternoon, in Captain Bright's office. Hello, John. The captain in? I think so. He's in his office there. Yeah. Come on in, uh, Melendez. Oh, I didn't know whether you were here or not. Well, what's it? We're both back here already. We found something else up there in the valley and thought we'd better come in. Good. Looks like that Alvarez fell out of company. What do you mean by that? But there's three more graves up there, Captain. One of them half uncovered. A woman. What? Yeah? Looks like a massacre. Well, we'd better go out and dig them up. We've got two men and a woman at the San Fernando Station, Captain. They picked them up from the names on that card you gave us. Well, I'll we'll talk to them later. Now, first, I want to... Oh, wait a minute. Hello? Captain Bright? Yes. Deputy Waybright speaking. I'm out in the Azusa at White Gun Taking Parlor. We've got a body here we dug up in the riverbed. It's got a bullet hole through its skull. Sure it's not a suicide? Oh, it was buried in the riverbed. Well, that way, Bright. I've got to drop the San Fernando now, and as soon as I'm through there, we'll come out to Azusa. See what you can pick up in the meantime. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. It never rains, but it pours. What's the matter? Well, he's just fallen out of another buried body. Out in Azusa this time. Do you think it might be in connection with these others? I don't know. Nothing would surprise me at this point. Yeah, let's get underway. We won't get in the way of sitting around the office. Dust in rapid strides, the case begins to complicate itself. A corpse in San Fernando. Three more in the same place. Finally, another in Azusa. Realizing that he has a problem that demands no loss of time, Captain Bright in company with Melendez and Sepulveda speed to the San Fernando Glen. Disinter the bodies of a woman and two small children. Return with them to the San Fernando police station. 
Then, before proceeding to Azusa, they questioned the people previously placed in custody. Your name is uh, Marion Baxter? You knew Charles Albert? He was very close to me. He was to, to marry me, my dear. I'm sorry, Miss Baxter. Now, can you tell me anything about Charles that might help me find whoever did this? Oh, no, senor. I do not know who was. Carlos, he was good. When did you last see him alive? Over a month ago, Carlos came to my house one night. He borrowed a flashlight from me and drive off. I have not heard from him since until today. And then he was dead. Did Carlos ever have any arguments with anyone that you know of? His father-in-law. He was always mean to Carlos. He was a mean man. Uh, what's his name? Luciano Garcia. You know where he is now? No, senor. I have not seen him for over two weeks. All right, Miss Vasquez. I think that'll be all for the present. Well, Melinda. Yes, sir? I turn Miss Vasquez out and bring that fellow Flores in. Right. Just like this. You look up at the seat of that, Mr. Baptist. Oh, thank you. Uh, Floyd, please, you come in, please, right in here. This way? That's right. Oh, Captain, this is Manuel Flores, Captain Bright. Sit down, Flores. I want to ask you a few questions, and I want you to try to remember the truth about your answers. Oh, I will try. Good. Now, you knew Carlos Alvarez. Oh, Steve, very well. He was good friend. And you've been shown those clothes over at the Undertaker's, and you say they belong to him. See? That is right. Now, what do you know about all this? Nothing. Well, I don't mean uh, who killed Charlie. I mean, uh, what do you know about his life? I, I do not know what you mean. All right, Flores, I'll put it this way. Can you tell me everything you know about Charlie? Oh, see, see I understand now. Good. Go ahead. I live with the Garcia family. I pay them board money. And when did you last see them? Oh, last month. It was, I think, October 9th. That's the last time you saw any of them? That, that is the last except Luciano. I see him after that. That's Charlie's stepfather? See. Well, tell me about him. Well, after Carlos and his family go away and not come back that day, Luciano get worried. Say he's got to find them. Also, Marion is worried, too, because of Carlos. Now, wait a minute, Flores. You say that Luciano was with the family when they left that day and that he came back? No, 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 no. He was not around all that day. Not until two days after. Oh, and go ahead. Now, what happened? Well, Marion, she asked me to take her to Zusa to see a woman there that was friend of the family. She asked me to talk to her. And did you? See? See, we went to Zusa together, and I talked to this woman. When was this? Oh, two, three days after they go. October 13, I think about. What was the name of this woman you talked to? Maria, that is what they call her. Alright. Now, what did she see when you talked to her that day in Azusa? That, that she had not seen the Castilla family, that she did not know nothing about them. You know? See. And what did you do then? What? I drove money and back here to the house. Then I went home. And was Luciano there? Oh, see. He was there. He was very worried. He was crazy. Did he say anything to you? Oh, see. He, he said he would like for me to go to Azusa with him on the next day to look for them. And did you? Oh, yeah. We drove there, and he left me for the day. He told me to meet him somewhere that night, but he never came back. Well, are you sure you didn't kill Carlos and the rest of the family, then get rid of Luciano? Oh, no, senor. I would not do that. Why? Well, this would be fun. That would be murder. And you didn't kill him? No, senor. Not kill him. 
I think we'd better go out to the zoo, Melendris, and take Flora along with us. I might seem to see that body and also show us this woman's place. You, you mean I have to go with you? I am arrested? You're not exactly under arrest, Flora. Just in custody for the time being. Now, if you told us a straight story, we won't hold you. If you haven't, you know what that means. All right, Melendris, let's go. <laughs> Zeus undertaking parlor, Captain Bright finds Captain Wade Bright and Crowthorn waiting. With Manuel Flores, the four men walk into a small room, stand before all that's left of a man. Do you have any identification on this body, Wade Bright? Uh, not yet, sir. No one seems to know who it is. That makes it nice to start with. Say, what's the matter with you, Flores? I... I am not sure. Still... You're not sure of what? I... I think... That is Luciano. Luciano? See, it is him. I know now. Well, isn't that just fine? Just about the time when I think this case is going somewhere, the suspect turns up dead. Luciano is dead. Carlos is dead. Well, the rest of the family are dead. Now, who did it? What was not I, senor? I did I'm not so sure about that. However, we'd better go over and talk to this Maria woman right away. First thing you know, we'll find her dead, too. suspect turns up a victim, and Captain Bright finds his case becoming more and more involved for the second. In company with deputies Melendez and Zapolvita and Manuel Flores, he proceeds at once to the house in Azusa, interrogates the mysterious Maria, but from her he receives nothing concrete, and is about to leave for the station again when suddenly a man walks in, stands looking at him wide-eyed with eyes. Well? Maria, these men were Police. They are looking for the Garcia family. Oh. I, I did not know. I, I was surprised. Yeah, you look as though you were still a bit surprised. What do you know about the Garcia family? Nothing. I have not seen any of them. You haven't? No, senor. What's your name? Armando. 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 Uh, I think maybe you and Maria are here. Better take a ride back to town with us. I'd like to ask you a few questions. For why, senor? I have done nothing. Yeah, for why? We want to know a lot more than we do. That's why. Now, come on. Let's get back to town. Once back in the office in Los Angeles, Armando finds the questions asked of him difficult to answer. For some time, he denies knowing anything about the Garcia family. But Captain Bright senses that he's not telling all he knows. Shoots more questions at him. Follows this with even more questions. And suddenly, Armando raises a hand as if to ward off the relentless torrent of words. Starts to speak. All right, all right. I will tell you everything. It doesn't matter now anyway. I can't lose anything. Here, let's hear it. Well, I killed Carlos and Helena. I killed the two children, too. I had to stop them. Stop them from what? From making trouble. They always made trouble for me and for Maria, too. What kind of trouble, Armando? Well, they were after me to quit going with Maria. They said she was no good. And she was a bad woman. I tell them to leave her alone and they wouldn't, so I had to kill them before they killed me. Why did you think they were going to kill you? I did not think. I knew. Carlos, he said it. And Helena, too, they said it many times. And they would have, too, only I was too smart for them. I killed them first. I don't know that you were so smart, Armando. But go ahead, tell us about it. Helena, she always was trying to get me to drink with her. I told her I would not because I love Maria. And then Helena got mad and started trying to get Maria into trouble. 
She acts terrible and says she will seek Maria if I do not stop from seeing her. So you killed her for that? No, that alone. I was afraid for myself. Carlos was going to kill me and maybe Maria too. He was helping his mother. So you killed him too. How about the little girls, the Luciano? Why did you kill them? Oh, the little ones. Oh, the little ones because I, I did not know what else to do with them. They were going along the day I killed Carlos and Selena. I was afraid to leave him there. They were dead. How about Luciano? I was afraid he would find out what I had done and kill me. He tried, but he was not smart enough. He tried to kill you. Where? He came to this place, Azusa, one day and find me where I work. He said he saw the gun and would kill me if I don't see where Helene and the little ones are. So I told him I would show him. When we got out of town, I shot him. I was afraid not to because he would kill me. Now, you crazy, Armando. No, senor. I'm not crazy. I was only doing what I saw was the best thing. And you didn't have any help? You did this all alone? Si, senor. Alone. It was because they would not leave Maria alone and because they would kill me soon. That is why I did it. Yeah, that's nothing, my boy. It looks as though our case were complete. But the very next day, the father Armando changes his statement, throws a dark shadow of doubt when he says, Maria was with me. Maria told me it was the best thing to do. She made me kill the little ones when I did not want to. She was the one that kept telling me to do it. She helped me bury the body. And Maria replies, Armando must have gone crazy. He told me after that he had done it. I told him it was wrong. I tried to keep him from doing anything like that. He's lying now to save his life. That is why he said I was with him, because he is afraid. And both of them stick to their story. Armando claiming Maria was with him, instigating the crime. Maria swearing that Armando is lying to save himself. So, faced with this unexpected twist, Captain White continues his investigation. Learns from neighbors that Maria had been seen at home on the day of the murders. Prepares an airtight case for the prosecuting attorney. Then, with all in readiness for the trial, Armando suddenly changes his plea of guilty to that of not guilty by reason of insanity. He is examined by two doctors, pronounced sane. And on the 24th day of February, Armando Baltari stands before the Honorable Judge McComb of the Superior Court of Los Angeles. Stands and hears his fate. Armando Baltari, you have been found guilty in this court of five counts of murder. Therefore, I sentence you to pay the supreme penalties provided by law to be hanged by the neck until death. And may God have mercy on your soul. found to be innocent of any knowledge before the crime and was released by Judge McComb from the charges against her. So ends the story of Armando Baltari in the death house of San Quentin Penitentiary, the same place where all persons who resort to murder will eventually find themselves. Before closing this program, I want to remind you of three things. First, if you want police car performance in your car, such as Oakland, Los Angeles, Maricopa County, Arizona, and many, many other cities and counties have in their police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment, 
then buy Rio Grande Clack gasoline as they do. Second, if you want to save money by avoiding repair bills and making your car last longer, use nothing but Sinclair motor oil. Sinclair Pennsylvania or Sinclair Opaline, the two completely de-waxed, de-jellied motor oils from the modern refineries of the world's largest independent petroleum organization. Third, if you want to secure any of the junior detective and G-man outfits which Rio Grande independent dealers are offering free in exchange for police money, mail in your request before midnight, December 31st. If you have not yet decided what gifts you want, get a copy of Calling All Cars News. In it, all the free gifts are illustrated along with thrilling movie, radio, and detective news. And don't forget, December 31st is the deadline for turning in your police money. Los Angeles calling all cars, attention all sheriff's cars. Cancellation broadcast 160. Regarding the body, that is all. Harmon. Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.